An ant who hears the words of a king may not comprehend what he is saying, and all men are ants before the fiery face of God. If sometimes I have mistaken a warning for a prophecy, or a prophecy for a warning, the fault lies with the reader, not the book. Hello, and welcome to 2C1C, a Game of Thrones living card game podcast founded in 2010 by myself, Will Lentz, Greg Atkinson, and Brad Zeiler. These days, my co-hosts may differ, but we're generally pulling from at least some familiar core of voices. Many thanks go out to Fantasy Flight Games, George R. Martin, Card Game DB, and Josh Woodward for the CC licensed music you're hearing now. This is Season 5. There you go. It's a little Melisandre for you. We don't don't do too many things that she said. It's all the reader's fault. That bastard. <laughs> That'd be great. I wish she was actually referring to the reader, capital <laughs> R. Give the show one more season to get enough away from the books, and we'll have it. Uh, I don't know if it'll take that long. Knowing FFG, uh, I think there's a good chance we see it this season. Actually, does the reader exist in the show? Uh, I don't think so. Okay, maybe we won't see it. <laughs> you know what else you won't see? What? Us. Because this is a podcast. Which That's makes true. it all the more disturbing that I can see Daryl in Skype while recording. Why not? We should do this more. <laughs> video action... Yeah, it's fun. Maybe it's it's different, you know, because I'm Will, also known as Kenan. Figured we Darryl. all introduce. Oh damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I'm Daryl. Pretty much only known as Daryl at this point. Uh, FFG can never spell my name right, so there's a different Lo- Daryl Lloyd competing in every world championship. <laughs> so that's always nice. Credited sure you, a different Daryl sure. Lloyd for everything else too. That's really nice. <laughs> I think. Are you sure you're not misspelling it? Yeah, uh, at you're right. Point. At this point, yeah, I know. At this point, I'm convinced I'm misspelling it, and I've I've come really close to just legally spelling my name differently. The only thing is with the name with the first name Daryl, there's a ton of different ways to spell it. Like people put one R or two L's or E L, like, and then there's always two L's in my last name. Yeah, I was about to say, that's the problem I always have. I want to put two. It's a real bummer. Oh, well. First world problems, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? We, we've got bunches. I live such a privileged life, but the fact that nobody spells my name right just doesn't make it worthwhile. And then we have Kyle. At least I think we do. Yeah, I'm here now. Oh, that's good. I imagine I he's he's probably laying on his bed eating some Oreos. No, I have no Oreos. Fig Newtons. I don't have Fig Newtons either. Ooh, I love Fig Newtons, though. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Fig Great Newtons question. 
you forget about, and then you eat one, you go, ooh, why aren't you in my life more? And then you'll instantly forget about them, and just, they're gone again. Like a thief in the night. A fig newton. Like a fig newton in the night? No, that has a whole different connotation. Oh. Oh, I, I, I don't know what kind of connotation that has. <laughs> I don't. But I don't know either. I'm not sure I want to know now. I like how I just say that and it just goes. Will's like, all right, I right, tries to figure it out. It's about <laughs> what I'm it, doing with my it, fake mutants. It must be something pretty dark, knowing Kyle. Hey, great job last week, guys. I uh, I actually tuned in and listened, and it was uh, it was pretty good. Yeah, that was a great interview. I don't want to just uh, slap ourselves on the back too much there, but uh, it it was just wild uh, for me to to get to hear that info, just as wild as it was for the listeners. I think. Yeah, I think the thing that I mean, I didn't do anything during that episode, <laughs> but the thing that made it great was uh, how awesome Michael Hurley is. And, uh, I, you know, we've known Mike for a while. Yeah, I call him Mike, you know, no big deal. <laughs> MBD. <laughs> yeah, he calls me the D-Train. So. Uh, <laughs> would pay good no, money to hear Mike call you so, D-Train. <laughs> he probably, you would do it. I think so. <laughs> so. But, you know, we've known him for a while and have known, like, hey, FFG is this really awesome person working for them on the higher end there. And it was, I think it's really awesome for our listeners to... I mean, I know that a lot of them, I'm sure, have probably met him if they've gone to Worlds or something, but for people who haven't, like, if it wasn't clear before, it's clear now that FFG has a lot of really, really awesome people working for them. And, yeah, they do. Uh, there's not a lot of companies that, think that, that you can say that, where, like, the majority of the people that work for them at that part of it are just really awesome people. So, And I'm hoping Shout that to continues. <laughs> I mean, because there's yeah. some big FFG news this week. There is? Yeah. They there's, merged there's, with Asmodee. Whatever. Yeah, now they're calling it a merger. Is is that is it like a yeah. legitimate, like just like merger? I'm not sure. Like, or, or did Asmodee just buy FFG? They worded it as a merger, like, well, sorry, they called it a merger in the headline, but all the text of the article read buyout <laughs> to me, the way they yeah. phrased everything, and they had to keep being like, oh, but FFG will get to keep this, and FFG will get to keep that. There wasn't any Asmodee gets to keep such and such. It definitely made it sound like FFG is the smaller partner being swallowed uh, alive, so to speak. I mean, I guess it could be sort of how Activision, the video game company Activision, owns Blizzard, right? A lot of people don't know that for some weird reason, but Blizzard just does whatever the hell they want to do, and Activision, for the most part, stays out of their way. Uh, so I'm assuming it's going to be a similar relationship like that, but I have no idea, to be honest with you. I I agree. I think this is one of those things where, um, just from what reading I've done and talking, actually at Worlds that did a lot for 
getting some perspective on this. It seems the European community is very like fractured in the sense that it goes to a bunch of different dis- distributors and they right. have a bunch of, they always talk about these quote unquote European partners and stuff and Anasmity is a much bigger footprint and infrastructure set up in Europe. So my guess is FFG has struggled to get its share of the pie when getting its games into European game stores and having more organized play and support and Asmini sees these games blowing up in America. I mean, all the LCGs have been have become wildly popular and so both companies kind of get what they want. I mean, they get a share of FFG's success. FFG gets into more international markets. I think I think how it will work feels more like a merger, but I think Will's right from a financial standpoint. FFG's kind of getting bought. Yeah. Yeah. That- and, and, and the only things that I've really heard that are going to be of any effect are just the things you've mentioned. Just like, it's pretty much to help FFG spread through Europe more effectively. I mean, and they're already doing decently, <laughs> even with... The, uh, the difficulties they've got if, you know, attendance at events uh, like Stalic are any guideline, you know? But I hear a lot of that's, like, despite the organized play scene. Yeah, so, I mean, if, if they get all that stuff organized and top-notch, uh, imagine what it's going to be like after that. That would be good. Yeah. But I doubt, other than Danny being able to pick up her timeline expansions at the FFG store, I see almost... No changes being felt by the American meta. Well, there was someone who mentioned, and I want to say it was on Card Game DB, who was like, you know, this, or no, maybe it was on our Facebook page, but somebody was just like, no, it's not about AGOT as much as it's about Netrunner. You know, Netrunner is one of the biggest card games to jump out in a, in a while and has the potential to be huge. And uh, I, I think that could have been a, a big part of it. I mean, all, all the LCGs as a whole, really, but I think Netrunner is is obviously the big one. That's well, I mean, FFG's kind of becoming the big dog in town. I mean, think about six years ago what their booth was like at Gen Con mm-hmm. and watch how they have just slowly taken over and become a center stage mainstream show. I mean, the arrow is very much a point up on this company, and every license they come out with, their games seem to be just made of gold, and its launch is better than the one before it. I mean, as a European distributor, you see all the success in America, and them struggling or having weak business relationships with international companies. Like, how do you not jump on that? Not even for what's out right now. Like, I'm sure, yes, Netrunner shows us a huge part of it, but for what's to come. Like, I mean, obviously this model is now being sustained. I don't see... Like, I see why both sides wanted to do this. It doesn't... Yep. It's not alarming. It doesn't feel like our company's getting swallowed by a big fish. Yeah, I, d- I definitely don't think it's that at all as well. So, I think it's just all good stuff. I think everybody should be excited about it. I know that FFG sure is excited about it. Uh, so, I, I don't think that Chris we should Peterson worry about it. Peterson is probably really excited about it. Oh, yeah. I'd love to see his <laughs> new house. yeah. I mean, and he's European to begin with, so I'm sure it's been rankling him for quite a while to not have, you know, a better leg up uh, in that area. So, I didn't know he was um, European. Yeah, isn't he Swedish? Um, Danish, I think, Danish, if I recall. I know it's something... 
Yes, World's Weekend. It's a good time. Obviously, we uh, we hit on the the big announcement pretty heavily last week with our their interview. Though I expect we'll we'll loop back around to some uh, some thoughts on 2.0 before long. Uh, but you know, there was also this great big 1.0 tournament uh, this last weekend. Well, two really by the time you're listening to this. Uh, so, what what did people think about that this time around? It was a blast. There was a uh, a lot of people there. I think it, more than than the previous year, which is always a good sign. Oh yeah, it was a a boatload. Both first tournaments were the biggest we've had. One hundred four for melee, one forty one for joust, and then netrunner. What did it hit? It topped two hundred, right? Two something. Two thirty is what I want to say off the top of my head. Which goes to show you that game is really good. I mean I love Agat. Uh if we have I I, th- I feel like if we had a bigger more uh excited group that that we'd probably play here a little more, but uh, I don't think I would ever do the Netrunner tournament. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool I, game. I doubt I'll be really traveling for it, but yeah. I'll play in like our store championships at Meta. Yeah. Like I you know, sci fi is so cool. But anyways, on to Agot. Uh, we had a ton of people there. Everyone was super amazing, as always. It's crazy. There's like these people that you see once a year, maybe twice a year, and you're you know, it's it's like time never passed or something. You know, you yeah. Say, hey. <laughs> really cool. Yeah. So um, let's let's take a look. We all three played in in both events, right? Yep. Uh, both melee and joust. Yeah. All right. Um, how how do you guys do? I'll let let one of you guys do a little more talking since I when I'm on I I often do a lot of the speaking. So how'd uh, here? How about Kyle? How how'd melee go for you? Terribly. Oh, well then. Care to elaborate at all? Like, did you run into anything particularly crazy? Or your deck just didn't perform? What'd you take? I took stupid crap. And it blew up in my face. <laughs> oh. Did you try to play, like, a combo or something? Well, we were at a table together. Like, I just hate you being a host that just comes off as cold-blooded. Oh. <laughs> well, I was trying to get you to open up and talk about it, Kyle. Talk so that I didn't salt. have to describe it. I can it. feel the salt. I'm sure on uh, your recap, you'll gloriously talk about our table together. So I will let you do it, because yours has at least a happy ending. Um... I don't know if I'd talk about know. it gloriously. I would just say, if I were you, and I was playing uh, Marathion, I probably wouldn't pop all three Cs uh, on the first turn, marshalling and giving everyone else six power. That was amazing. Listen, I uh, could have won it. Think about that. I think. I if think. If he doesn't have that event, I win the game. What I I legitimately don't remember. Oh, loyal to the last. That's yeah, was, yes, right? the one that wiped my board will, so yeah. that you could roll over me and win that event. Yeah, the that one was... where you face out go. Oh, all of Kyle's characters are dead. Yeah, that was real good for Greyjoy unopposed. Yeah, it was plus the fact that you gave me six power to, you know, as a handicap. Point is, I uh, shot for the moon or reached for the stars, hopefully to get the moon or whatever that crap is. Um, 
And that didn't happen. So... How'd your other I, games go, though? I think I won a table. I got. I think I ran the game. I think I got a first, second, third, fourth. And oh, that's... just like worked right down that line. Um, only highlight would be last game, uh, first turn. Uh, I had a really bad start. Like no locations. Yeah, Elden Estermont and something else. Like it wasn't very good. And Alvaro was at the table, and he, um, he, he was running Target No Agenda, and there's some other guy running No Agenda, they both flopped, um, Alaris, so, like, my, my, my day is, oh, and the other guy's running Martel Icon Manipulation, so, I mean, I'm screwed, like, there's no answer right. to and Alvaro, just, like, pour salt in the wound, deems me a threat, so, he double summoning seasons, or maybe was summoned, I think he gets, he gets to go get two dudes, and he goes gets Jora and Dario, and first turn Marshley wipes my board. Um, and he's like, "You had renown, I worry." So I was like, "Well, I'm out of this, so let's get this over with quick because it's last round, and I want to go drink." So I just pop C's and kill characters and stuff, and the game ended turn two, and I had given out twelve power and prize. So I went fifteen, fourteen, thirteen with Alvaro taking third. And the one power he got is because he won Dominance first turn. Oh, jeez. I was just like, nope. I was like, this game's over. No need for this. Dude, so, I thought Dominance him. would matter that much. So, I mean, the one guy won just because he sat to the left of me. I went first. I popped a bunch of things. Guys, everyone to within striking distance. And he um, had whatever it is when you a card gets discarded, you can remove or gave an icon. He's HOD. The Brimstone. The Brimstone. Yeah. So he drops his plot with threat from the east. So we all ditch nine cards. So he takes all of my icons because he's going second. And then this unopposed wins on me. Like, whatever. My point is it's over. Dude, that <laughs> rules. That rules so hard. Well, like, the lesson <laughs> there is never have a vindictive, make a fourth, your fourth place person vindictive when he's got the power to do something about it. Well. Yeah. You're gonna like knock him I, out of the game. I'm out of the game. Well, I, I don't, I don't think he expected you to do that, but he, you can't blame him for trying to keep a Barra Rush deck down. You know, I don't think it was personal. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Like I understand, yeah. but like I started. You make reading. enemies there. Yeah. No, I mean that fun. rules. But I mean that is that is melee. You played the Game of Thrones and you chose to lose. <laughs> But you got well, to choose how you lost. <laughs> I think that was, those are the only two notable moments was getting loyal to the last on the power challenge for the, I guess it's the first of two power challenges for the win. Um, and that. Those will probably be my big pro plays of the weekend. It was really good. Nice. What'd you uh, do, Daryl? Yeah. Um, so, melee didn't go very well for me. I had a first, second, third, and a fourth place. Uh, not in order. The fourth and the third were swapped. Uh, But I should get a prize for for going for the cycle there. (laughs) Now, regardless, in the end, did wind up playing essentially the same deck as me, right? Very, very similar. Okay, I couldn't remember in the end if you'd actually decided to play it. I I remember you were kind of uncertain. Yeah, ultra similar. Uh, probably 
maybe five or six cards difference tops. Gotcha. Like the exact same plot deck. <laughs> right. So what uh, so did you wind up thinking about it in general? I, I mean, it was good. I economy was destroying my life. It was that's, the that, Greyjoy uh, conquest, conquest of Barra. Just for anybody that missed that, as we were talking, yes, here. it was holies, all the holies, all the time. And uh, economy was just—it just destroyed me. Like one of my games, I had a two-card setup after my mulligan, and. Uh, just things like that. Not being able to throw out enough characters was pretty much the problem because when your characters don't kneel to attack, and you got some of them are Barra, and you're, you know, you're getting the power that you need and stuff. Like it, it, it could be a very fast deck for sure. But unfortunately, none of that ever happened for me. Will, on the other hand, got to take it to top sixteen, I think. Right? Yeah. Did you get yeah. there. Yeah. Sure so it's definitely a great deck. Uh, I, I had just never played it before, and I was like, uh, I guess I'll play in Melee. So what are you running, Will? Okay, I'll build something exactly like that. So my first game, I'm sitting at a table uh, with against... One is Greyjoy Black Sails, the other is Vera Noble Cause, and then the other gentleman is running Stark No Agenda, which was interesting. Okay. And the whole game, you know, is kind of exactly how you'd expect a melee game to go until we get to the point where one of us is going to win. So on the turn I was going to win, well, I did win, but the Stark player had played a formal petition earlier in the game, like way earlier, like I'm, like turn one he played it. And he's trying to really lobby to get this intrigue challenge, like, you know, just so I can get a little closer you think I could get this this intrigue unopposed to this other guy? And I and it finally hit me. I was like, oh, my God, if he gets to 13 power, he's going to win the game. So I almost I almost let that go. Not me. I had to convince another guy to oppose it, which was really nice because he could have just chosen who won and, and who lost pretty much right there. And then on my turn, I, I managed to win it. Nice. That was pro- probably the coolest thing that happened. Pretty much after that, it was all very... Uh, very, very, I don't know, sloggy feeling. Uh, I did learn that the Targaryen event by Sword or by Guile, I think is the name of it, or Sword and Guile, I don't know. The one that replaces oh, claim on intrigue or yeah. Uh, military? Yeah, that card is absurd. Yeah. <laughs> like, just absurd. Uh, so, there was definitely Christie, no, Anthony Christie, there we go. Oh yeah, you were at a table he, uh, with him. He got to he got to roll on that a little in one of our games. I think that uh, Eric S. Wood from SoCal got to roll with that in one of our games as well. So I had to deal with that card in uh, two out of my four tables, and that card is Redunk. And that's it's about all I'll say about that. So th- there was really nothing else special that happened in melee that I that can I can really say was awesome. Other than uh, Targaryen kind of doing its thing. It was kind of interesting, though. It wasn't just, like, both decks that were running that card specifically were not, like, just dragons and then, you know, make it happen. It was a little bit of everything. A little bit of burn, a little bit of rushiness, a little bit of challenge control type stuff. It was, it was fun. It was. I still prefer Joust as opposed to Melee, but... It w- it wasn't a total waste of time. Let's put it that way. 
<laughs> well, that's good. Yeah. I can just hear rings in the back of my head. Lol, melee. Oh, uh, that, uh, that meme that was floating around was like my new favorite <laughs> thing ever. <laughs> or as so we'll, I think he wants to call them May May, right? May May? Yeah, the May Mays. So, Will, why don't you go ahead and tell us about your. No one cares how Will did. <laughs> Uh, experience probably with. true, probably true. There's not really too much else exciting to say. Uh, I played a slight uh, variation on the deck I had played at Gen Con and, and done well with and and is just kind of a continual evolutionist of uh, archetype I've been tinkering with uh, basically since Holy Crests existed. <laughs> um, so yeah, same old, same old there, just plays a really nice tempo game in, in melee and, and can look for that opening, even if it's not a, as splashy and impressive um, as a lot of, of other newer things. But, of course, despite people knowing what it does, uh, it still, most of the time, just doesn't draw that same kind of kind of ire. So it, it did well. Made, uh, what I have, three firsts and a second. Made uh, top 16. And, uh, yeah, I actually was at a table with, uh, Dark Naj and Tony and, uh, my old melee nemesis, Jonathan Benton, um, who was responsible for snatching, uh, a victory away from the jaws of defeat, uh, away from me, rather, I guess I should say, uh, a few years back when I made the melee final table. And uh, he helped do it again. So if you ever uh, if you ever playing melee with Jonathan Benton, just remember the man <laughs> does not keep deals. Thirty seconds so later, he'll, he'll tell you he doesn't remember making the deal. I love that. Yeah, it's so, so great. N- and no matter <laughs> how big of a deal I made a- about that at the table and tried to talk it up, uh, people were still still going along with him. It was crazy. Uh, Dude, there's nothing wrong with breaking deals, man. <laughs> I would love yeah. I would love more breaking of deals, but more least, lying, more stabbing people in the back. That is what Melee's all about. Wait for me to uphold my end, and then you don't uphold your part. <laughs> he backed yes. on his part before I had done my part. That, yeah, that's my only regret, is that I didn't do enough backstabbing. Yeah, I didn't it, do enough lying. It's not done much. You have to be pretty careful with it. Uh, I think it just needs to happen more. I bet more people lose games because they don't stab people in the back enough. Very I will possibly. say that. Yeah. I think people are too nice, and I think that loses them melee games. I think you are totally right there. Seriously. Yeah. I think more people win because they're, they, you know, they're like, come on, man, we had a deal. No, no deals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you, Daryl. I I've totally changed true. the deal. <laughs> I've altered the Pray deal. I don't alter it again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and speaking of feeling, Kyle, I can actually kind of feel your pain uh, on Loyal to the Last because Tony was at my top 16 table and I was within striking distance of victory not once but twice. Uh, and once he definitely stopped me with his Loyal to the Last and yep. knocked out like four of my guys. So. That was a real pain. Um, But it was 
really good table. Tony won that one and uh, went on to the final table. And I thought for sure he was going to wind up steamrolling that final table because I don't know if you guys realized this or not, but the long lances and street wave <laughs> are not restricted in melee. Still a problem, yeah. Turns out, yeah, that problem that you guys probably remember from Joust like two years ago, yeah, that 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 whole thing works in melee just as well. So in our well. game, I watched him freaking loop to be a dragon um, recruitment, and then yeah. some combination of waifs and long lances just yep. forever. I mean, uh, yeah, he'd do it, and you'd be like, "Well, what am I going to give you back?" Incinerate, and you got like four allies on the board or something. Right. Am I going to give you back? You know, by sword or by anus or whatever that card is, and totally wreck face. Or are you going to give him back uh, to be a dragon? Because that makes sense after yep. he the street <laughs> God, it's <is> so good. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, overall, I would say Melee was uh, really good, uh, aside from, I think, maybe that interaction needing to be taken a look at. No knock on Tony uh, for playing it, but it definitely reminded me that should should probably not exist. Um, and then the finals game was a long, long, grueling match that I uh, bounced in and out of uh, watching because it lasted so long, and a uh, kid wound up wound up taking that one, and uh, our erstwhile uh, brother beyond the wall, Alex, took second. So Very nice. Yeah. Hey, man, it takes, it does, you know, regardless of whatever we say about uh, Melee, in, in a negative way, you know, at the end of the day, it takes some shit to make it to the top in Melee. Like, oh, for it, sure. It, it takes some real skill in a number of areas whether it's just comes from building your deck to playing your deck to convincing people to trust you there's too much of that but regardless it, it was definitely well earned by by those gentlemen so very nice yep it was good times um but uh what what about joust does that hold Happier memories for you guys? No. No. You know, I, I barely saw you uh, that day, Kyle, or the next day, because you and Danny uh, went to go hit up a bunch of uh, local attractions. So I, I really don't know how it went. or not. Oh, wait, uh, you, you played uh, Stark Wing, Stark Words again, right? I took my good deck. Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Started real good. Uh, 2-0. Felt felt great about it. Played uh, Alex from Beyond the Wall. Okay. Uh, oh, he had a great deck. <laughs> which was we both made a lot of like looking back a lot of play mistakes. Um, you're not playing Game of Thrones. Of, you're not making play mistakes. I think both of us on several occasions commented on how bad it was going for both of us. <laughs> um, and he just, <clears throat> I thought I had him. And he just got this, uh, like, dream scenario off where he had the To Be a Dragon in hand, and I let a challenge go through. So after I declare unopposed, he 
to be the dragon, brings in Danny, gives her a naval icon, jumps her in, like, kills my Rob. It was, it was dumb. Um, so then it was over, and I was sad. And I was like, I'm still in this, I'm fine. So next round, I played Dark Nage. Oh, so wow. Just, just a beyond-the-wall party for me. And I'm yeah. like, this is great, like, just what I wanted. Because um, everyone knows two losses and you're, three losses and you're done on the day. Uh, two early, one, two mid-round losses aren't, isn't ideal. Um, I play him, and we get in a weird situation where the night before, I had been playing Greg. This comes back into play later. Oh, I'm an idiot. God. Daryl told me I'm an idiot. Um, made a rookie rookie mistake, man. Playing with Greg. Never play with Greg the night before. Just don't do it. I don't care how good intentioned he is. Oh, we all learned years ago. Well, I'm not down there enough to not realize that he's just scouting. <laughs> um, but we get down there. I So I'm playing with Greg the night before, and I try and do... Uh, get Mira to trigger off her self-leaving play. He's like, no, you can't do that. With, um... Blah, blah, blah. I, I, so I kill Mira, I bring her back with, um... Oh. All the CI crow. Right. And then, well, can I trigger her off of that? Because did she leave play? He's like, no, she didn't leave play. And, like, you can talk to people who care far more than I do about why that shit doesn't work, but just know that it doesn't. Um... Anywho, so I'm like, okay, I can't Four do it off. <laughs> so I get in a weird situation where I'm like, I kind of need a Valor here. He, I'm getting my, my teeth kicked in. He's playing Siege. And it's a horrible matchup for me. Like, I really struggle with it. Uh, I think it's off really fast early on. Like, I just can't handle rush decks. And we, so we get in a situation where I have Mira out and I call a 3 eye crown hand. I'm like, maybe I'll, I know he's going to drop something big. I need to get Mira off the board so she's safe. And I can take a round and come back, and I think I'll be okay. Okay. So I'm like, well, I know I can't trigger off of her, but maybe I can trigger off the other guys dying. You know what I mean? And I didn't know if the issue was off herself or what. Um, so I, I raise my hand and call Nate over, take Nate aside, explain the situation, say, can I do this? Nate says, yes, Kyle, you can. We sit down, we do it. And I do it, blah, 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 pop mirror back. Uh, I don't think you can do that. And I'm like... John, I literally, like, that's what I went and asked Nate. I literally asked Nate if I could do this. He's like, well, let's get Nate over here. So we get Nate over here, and Nate said, and, like, Dark Nosh pleads his case and explains something about you can't change where you're going in Morbind or some bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. It's all going away, so now I really don't care. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> and Nate goes, you know what, John, you're right, Kyle, you can't do that, and walks away. <laughs> oh I, goodness! Uh, so, so good. I, I, my face has to be like cherry red because I oh just. My God. I, I know. Wow! I like, oh, that's so like, great. And I just sit there for a moment. He's like, "Y'all right?" I'm like, I'm trying really hard to keep it together, John. It's just like, oh, what more could I have done? And I'm just like, I'm just a little flabbergasted. You're going to, cause it's going to cost me the game. Like he rolls me because I can't, cause he's going to kill me around and then it's over. Uh-huh. I'm getting his flanks and shit is the only thing keeping me going. And I just like, I, I just need it. And so I'm just sitting there like, staring at my board. I'm like, I guess she's dead. I don't know what to do. And he's like, you know what? He's like, let's take it all back. I'm like, what? Whoa. <laughs> we're going to rewind and we're going to pick new plots. 
you can pick Valor again, but at least now you know how it plays out. He's like, because that's not fair to you to literally have the game creator tell you you can do it and then go back on it 30 seconds later. I mean, like, that's, that's legit. And that, I'm like, I mean, that's, that's a, a good man. Situation. And, the, and that is just testament to why Marvin sucks. <laughs> Alex, talking about it with him and Alex afterwards, realized the right situation there probably is just to let me do it and break the rule than to mm-hmm. rewind that much. Uh-huh. That's probably better, cha- a less drastic change of game state. But um, any part of it is he's rolling me. So I think in his mind, this is the like, gentlemanly thing to do because he's still going to win. <laughs> At least now he wins and was a nice guy. Like very, very dark moment. Double dipping, baby. And he lets me take it back. And I city besiege instead of valor. And he just, there's not a lot of draw in there. If there is, he didn't see it. And he just ran out of gas. And I flipped that game and stole it from him. And, um, I'm trying to remember what I did. Something on my actual Valor turn. Oh, yeah, he had like a black, there's something prized out. And I uh, just did like a chump military challenge. Or like a big military challenge. He's like, I guess I'll let it go and oppose. Because you can only do the two at the one at me, and I was like, okay, and I died by the sword and killed his one dude, and you just see the like fuck look in his eyes, and just the game slipped away from him, and you could just watch his face like I can't believe, and I felt awful because I felt like since he was so nice and let me like go back and redo that, I was like, uh, it's hard to say he deserved the win more than I did, but it it sucks to see that come back and bite him in the ass. Right. It was a weird situation and a weird thing, but other than that, so I won that game. Then I played Greg. Um, he drops oh, wow. like quote unquote the best flop he's ever seen with that deck because that's <laughs> my kind of luck. Um, and I rolled him the night before like six to zero, five to zero, something like that. Just rolled him, and he drops two initiative boosters, and he valors first turn. Well, I drop at the gates, which is what I always do. Go get Lewin. This time I'm not. I'm getting a Riders because I've got a Die by the Sword and a Price of War in hand, and I just want to wreck face. But um, so it makes my so he goes first, triggers my plot first. I have to go get a Riders because I don't want my Lewin to be dead, and then he Valors it all away. And I was like, "How do you win initiative with Valor?" And <laughs> it was just was it first, was it first turn Valor or was it turn Valor? No. Yes, yeah. open with it. And we seem to have lost Kyle. Uh, kind of, kind of mid thought there. So that was intriguing. Uh, he's having some uh, serious connection issues. So I apologize for this uh, semi-random break here in the middle of the episode, listeners. But uh, Daryl and I are going to carry on as best we can uh, to wrap up the rest of, of our thoughts and experiences over the weekend and uh, kind of see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, one thing I do want to address before we get too far away from that is what Greg was actually playing against Kyle uh, and, you know, what he was doing the rest of the weekend. Because I know people are going to be asking. And you know what he was trying to do? Yeah, I know what he was trying to do. He was trying to do Rainus Hill Recursion again. <laughs> he loves it. He loves Perfect. it so much. I mean, when it gets rolling, it is still like a abusive you just all the wind just goes out of your sails because you just see each turn getting harder and harder 
and harder to make any headway until it's just this impossible wall of characters. Uh, but, of course, it's a much more fragile deck than it used to be. Uh, it's, it's out of straight Targ now. He was doing, what, House of Dreams, Aegon's Hill, right? Yep. Yep. House uh, of Dreams, Aegon's Hill, and some spot kill here and there. and Danny abuse, Piapri oh, abuse. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, those characters with the aftermath is just bonkers because he probably wins initiative. He goes first, knocks out your stuff when you're already knocked down to to three. It gets gets frustrating. Uh and then of course he's running uh Summer Market out of house from Martel as his recursion engine to get the hill back over and over. Uh, open market, but yes. Open market, my apologies. <laughs> he needed to make it summer in order to use the market. Yes. But he's definitely I've always liked that card. Oh yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, does not see enough play, but completely worth discarding two cards from your hand to get back anything in your discard pile. Yeah, I mean, and if you're getting Rainus Hill back, which is giving you a dozen characters every challenge phase for two cards, it's worth it. Yeah, I, I messed around with an idea a while back trying to do like a weird. Uh, with the dragon bone daggers, so like I'd always have something to discard and like gain it back, you know, with two gold, right. whatever, a gold. But anywho, that's a tale for another day. Yeah, that's the next T1 deck. We'll see. <laughs> People seem to really like the the T1 deck video. <laughs> that was that was good. I think it, it really had some fans. Oh man. But uh, as far as Greg's goes, he wrapped up 4-3, because I'm, cur- I'm sure folks would be curious about that, too. Uh, it was it was a good deck, but just um, more, more apt to kind of crumble under its own weight, even, than it used to be. Uh, it, so. it did. I, but I honestly, you know, Greg had actually played some pickup games with some folks afterwards, and it still did really, really good. Yeah, so. I want to say he he beat Alvaro, if I remember right, so that's yeah. something. And, uh, yeah, and, and uh, a couple other guys, but I think the biggest thing was, you know, Greg was a little out of practice. I mean, uh, you know, I don't, so. don't want to call him out on the show or anything, but the, the man has been busy with his with his family and things like that, and I completely understand, but... You know, I don't think people need to worry. Greg is, uh, Greg will be back, I think. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the 2.0 announcement, the more he had time to think about it over the weekend, really hooked him. Yes, he was amped. He was amped about it, and, uh, we'll see. So, yeah. So, Greg went 4-3. Yeah. What about Uh, you? All of the two champs. Well, yeah, I was, I was going to get to that. Oh, okay. I'm going to get to how I went, but I just want to say all of all of the two champs crew went over 500, so that's always nice. I I think that's pretty solid. Even little old Daryl finally managed to do a world championship event and and go above 500. I've been at 500 a couple of times. Really, nice I could have sworn that you'd had winning records before. Uh, Gen Con 2010 was, was four and two. And then the year after that was 0 and 2. And the year after that, I think, was 0 and 2 or something like that. And then 3 and 3. 
And then I think three, three and three last year worlds. I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, so, four and three this year. I think there were a lot of four and threes. I don't know exactly how many there were, but there were quite a few. Which does kind of take away from from it a little bit. It really does. There were there were a lot of four and threes, but regardless, uh, I played Stark Siege because why not? I felt like it was in a really good spot. I totally, I totally thought I'd see a fair amount of Lannister, but I did not see the Lannister that I assumed I would see a lot more of, which was Power Behind the Throne. I played three Lannister players in the tournament, um, and I'll, I'll give a quick recap, I guess, of, of my games real fast. Yeah. Round one, I cannot remember your name, sir. I apologize. Very nice fellow. He was playing Power Behind the Throne Lannister, which is the one I thought I'd see the most of. And... It, I mean, I I just started off really good. So a couple of uh, epic battles at the beginning into Fear Winter, which was that was the one trick there, and it worked really well for me. So it was uh, it was a, a well had game. Uh, second game was against uh, Lanny No Agenda. Okay. Against a nice fellow by the name of Salim, I think. Oh, was his uh, name? Salim from, uh, yeah, up in Canada. I also played against him, yeah. Uh, so he was running Lanny No Agenda, and that was the one I did not think I would see a ton of. I mean, I, I know it was good, but I, I still thought I was going to see a lot more power behind the throne. But uh, that one did does give me a little bit of trouble. So he had, at, he at, during the whole game, he, he played all three of the uh, Clegane Brigands. Which was Holy the one cow. I was worried about. Yeah, so he played all three of those. Uh, only two on the board at once, though. So I did manage to get one, rid of one early, and then he played two. There were a couple mistakes made in a few places in that game. A uh, little burning bridges action will mess up everybody. So he, he didn't get to stand his brigands, and then one time he won an intrigue and only stood one of them. Um, so th- that game was really close. And uh, luckily, I, I did pull the win out. It came down to us both top decking, and I happened to top deck into the characters, and he didn't. Oh, not so. That them's the breaks. I think is the way they say it. My third game was against Greyjoy Black Sails, and I played DC Dennis, who I respect as a player very much. I think he's pretty good, and I think I overthought how good he is a little bit. Just because uh, I assumed, like, okay, well, I've got this one trick that I do. And I feel like if anybody's going to be ready for it, it's going to be him. And I play my epic battles, and I don't fear of winner, and I regret it so much. I don't know how different the game would have been, but it definitely would have put me in a better spot than my Rule by Decree did. And he had uh, plenty of saves, and in Greyjoy, plenty of saves can always be a bit of a hindrance. But after that, I, I drew into poop. And he destroyed me. So, he, very good. A matchup I did not think was going to be awfully terrible for me, but it was. Fourth game was Lanny No Agenda. Again, played by Ram, who managed to beat me yet again. Oh, so, he no. beat me a couple of years back uh, at, at Gen Con, uh, back in my Lanny Wildling days. So fun. That was a good deck. But he was landing no agenda, and the Neil was just 
uh, was so potent, and there was just not a lot I could do. Um, I will say that burning bridges and attack from the sea were absolute money during this entire tournament. Nice. So it did, it, you know, all the games took a while for me to lose, but unfortunately, the deck is really not one that makes its way back up as much as it can be, you know, if you're kind of even and stuff, it can really take off and, and win, but it's not great for climbing back to the top, at least in my experience. My fifth game was uh, against Stark, Dark Wings, Dark Words, and that was run by our boy Brian Gherkin. Oh, nice. So, super so he cool was guy. playing Kyle's deck. Uh, I, I don't know if piece for piece, if I remember right. But it was he yeah. was talking about it uh, to me before uh, going to Worlds. So that game went really well for me. Uh, there was one interesting thing. He started the game with an epic battle. I was like, I I was not expecting that, but I can see why it's in that deck for sure. So it's actually not a bad call. Really, but I was in a, I was just in a really good position and, and we just kinda took it from there. He, he stole my Heron Hall, I think, on a, uh, Battle for Shield Islands turn, but, it, I mean, I don't have a lot of anything that needs to be triggered in that deck, aside from playing my epic battles. Really, so. Yeah, that went well for me. My sixth game, I can't remember his last name, his name is Roy from Norway. Amazing guy. Super nice. He was running Martel, no agenda. And this Ooh, game was really close. So first turn, man, this is the game of the day for me. Absolute game of the day. First turn, I play a couple epic battles. I think I played three, actually. I played two or three. I think I played three. Obviously into Fear of Winter. However, he drops two things. Well, no, he didn't drop two things. But he there's two things on the board. When, when he places one card that absolutely obliterated me. First off, his plot was Power of Blood. Second off, his one card was the Red Viper, Prince of the Sun. Yeah. So, and the third little piece of that beautiful puzzle that he had at the very beginning, I mean, he had Gaston Gray, but he also had uh, a Lost Oasis, which is a beautiful card. And he also, I believe, went first, I want to say, in that mm. game. And obviously, I had more guys out than he did. So, Yuch. I almost gave him a turn one win, essentially, is what happened. He was ne not kneeling and, and going through and going through the epic phase and doing all that stuff. He has, I want to say, six power on the Red Viper and, like, seven power on his house. Ooh, is what Some I think coming? Oh, yeah. So, so we get there. And so glad I ran this plot. I love this plot so much. And it totally saves my dick. So obviously, on the next turn, I, I played March to the Wall to knock six power into Red Viper off the board, which was great, right? You'd think. Right. Unfortunately, the gentleman played uh, the Martell attachment that attaches to your house after you play a prize card, you know, search the top five. Oh, right, yep. So he managed to drop yet another Red Viper. And uh, throughout the course of the game, he had, like, Edric Dane, and he was doing, like, some Gaston Gray stuff. Um, but my deck is fast, and it, and I was still doing things in the epic phase. He couldn't kneel everyone. And so I had climbed up to some power myself, and at the end of the game, uh, I had a Jamie out, 
and something else. And he could have, uh, we talked about at the end of the game, he could have returned my Jamie to hand to maybe make the game last a little longer. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, at that point, I, I had quite a few things out. And uh, it was really, really close. But I managed to pull it out. So that was my Martell game. And then finally, I'm sitting at 4-2, and two, going into the seventh round, feeling pretty good. Right. If I win, there's a good possibility I make the cut, you know? And, right. And, uh, damn it, there's Tony. Anthony Christie. Oh, wow. In, in <laughs> playing, house, too. Yes, playing Rearminator at a Baron No Agenda. He was, I didn't realize that. Yeah, he sure was. And I started off really good. I think I got to 10 power in that game. But after he. After he brings in the Viper's Bannerman a couple times and the uh, King Joff's guard, it, there was just that there was just nothing I could do. So, Rearminator was definitely a problem, and he won that game quite handily. Ran it, ran that deck quite well. And if I could go back and and change anything about the deck, I do like how fast it was, but I wish I would have had a little bit more targeted kill. Because I was not running any of the kill events aside from what the uh, Battle of Whispering Wood lets you do, which is kill a character without a military icon. So if I could go back, I would have added a little more targeted kill, but I honestly don't know how much that would have actually helped me. But that's that's one thing I needed. I mean, if there was a decent stand, if there was decent stand out of uh, out of what you would call it, I would have done it. But out of Stark, but there was really not not that gets past Harry the Riverlands. Maybe I needed paper shields. But at that point, I'm like at like 14 events or some shit. So Yeah, you really don't <laughs> want to go too high in, in that deck. Not at all. So that is how my world's experience went. I was really happy that, that there were some decks out there that were really neat, and I, I saw things that I didn't want to see and that I expected to see and everyone was really cool though that that was probably the best part of the whole tournament for me is that like there were no douchebags everyone won and lost with dignity and obviously no one feels good after a loss or anything I sure I sure don't feel good after a loss but at the same time you know I'm not gonna be a dickhead about it so that was really nice because every now and then there are people who... There's a difference between, you know, getting mad at the situation and, and just turning into kind of a personal thing. Right. Uh, like an asshat. So, I, it I was really great. The, the Thrones community is really, really good. I, I think, honestly, uh, out of the the games I've, I've played, uh, as far as FFG goes, just a lot of the like Call of Cthulhu guys are really cool. The Netrunner dudes, uh, at least that I saw, because obviously I didn't play in the tournament, seemed cool, and I know a fair amount of Throners that, that play Netrunners, so it just seems like they've just got a nice little little thing going over there. So, it was really fun. I liked Worlds. Yeah? So, so enough about me, Will. How did your Worlds experience go? Because, again, you made the cut, son. I, I did. Melee and Joust. Yeah, uh, first year I've actually done uh, both events at the same time, so that was that was good. That felt good. Um, yeah, went went five and two, uh, made the cut, um, wound up making it on to the top sixteen. Though that's a story to to tell in a little bit. 
Um, other highlights, uh, I guess I should clarify real quick what I played before I get to... That's probably a good highlights. idea. Yeah, I was playing uh, just a variation on my uh, Lanny Knights of the Realm. Uh, pretty straightforward deck, very similar to what I played last year. Maybe a, maybe a dozen cards, different tops. Um, and some of those were just refining numbers of existing cards, uh, going up to two Iron Thrones, things like that. Uh, definitely more knights than it had in it last year, though. Uh, most everything that uh, that got added definitely tweaked my knight number up. Um, the uh, the Ashmark Knights were a huge boon for the deck uh, to just keep digging for whatever I need. Uh, and, of course, up that knight count. So it, it was just really straightforward. Since the meta felt like it was in such a weirdly balanced place, uh, I kept tinkering with different things and, you know, kind of enjoyed them. I enjoyed the the uh, Baratheon brand deck uh, for a little bit, but I knew something was going to happen to that. And uh, I liked the looks of Barano Agenda, especially after uh, seeing Matt Phillips play his when I was down in Tulsa a few weeks before Worlds, but it just didn't feel like my kind of deck, so I went back to the default. Uh, just Lanny, you know, strong Neil presence, uh, solid card advantage, decent... Uh, Decent presence and challenges uh, with some ability to to rush a little bit with Cersei or Tyrion or Jaime plus City of Shadows, stuff like that. Just made it feel like a really nice all-around deck. Um, You know, I probably won't detail things uh, round by round because I can't uh, really recall now what order I played anybody in, really, uh, aside from Eric Wood, who I played first round. Uh, and that one really stuck in, in my head because of the, the semi-ludicrous deck he was playing, which was Neutral Long Voyage. So sweet. Yeah, um, and by the way, that deck got pretty sick when all the Fugees came off the restricted list. Wow. Because uh, first turn, he had Hollow Hill out uh, on the board, which, okay, you know, first turn, the extra income uh, from that gold penalty reduction is nice. Uh, but basically, it meant he was drawing a couple extra car- cards a turn, uh, playing refugees off of that, which he would then, of course, either kill the military challenges or lose during the dominance phase. Uh, and then he'd just keep churning out new refugees so that they never matched uh, the the house affiliation of anything else he had on the board. Uh, when you add that to the draw every turn from TLV, to the extra cards from the rivers, he was staring at such massive card advantage that I was not sure I was going to be able to figure that one out. Uh, but uh, I, I I turned out to go ahead and take it. So I was I was pretty happy with that, even though it was a mod win. Uh, we went all the way to time, and I forget now what the total was. I think maybe I had 12 power at the end. So I was a little worried uh, by the mod win right at, right there to start the day off. But the more I uh, went along and started talking to people um, and asking their records and stuff as the day went on, there were a lot of mod wins uh, floating around. So I didn't feel nearly as bad about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mostly I think uh, I think that did really well. Uh, highlights for me for 
from the day, I guess, when I was getting to actually play against Kevin Sheen, uh, who I had not gotten to play against yet, uh, or previously to that, who was playing his Barra Dark Wings Dark Words. Um, I think it was a really tight game, uh, one of my, one of my best of the day. Uh, I had dominance, uh, for quite a while. Uh, there was no way I was really matching his draw. Uh, so I just had to try and choke out his resource base. He really wasn't getting much, uh, until he did grab the, uh, the clutch support of the kingdom, uh, to take my land of sport treasury. And the, yeah, and the, the double hit there, uh, bringing my income down and drastically boosting his, uh, was enough to, to more decidedly, uh, push the game in his direction. Um, also had the chance to play against Dan Ock, who I hadn't played uh, actually in, in Thrones before, which was uh, which was good to, to face off. He's playing Lanny, uh, sorry, Lanny Darkwing Stark Wars. I almost said no agenda, but that was Salim, uh, who I had also played. Uh, game against Dan was pretty good. Uh, I got to see uh, the kind of draw that uh, Lannister Darkwing Stark Words goes through and. Despite only having one of each event, there's still such redundancy available. It uh, it really does not feel inconsistent, uh, at least looking looking across the table at it. Yeah. I uh, got to get to play against Kid uh, Seafeld, who had won uh, Melee the day before. He was playing uh, the Stark Winter stuff. I figured it was probably kind of a kind of an update from the the big. DC winter rain from a couple years ago, so I was kind of interested to see how that went, uh, but just tempo went really badly, uh, badly for him. Knocking off Hodor first turn with Airso card and some other Neil and stuff, and just, just kept him on the, the back foot from there on out. Um, wound up making it on to the top 32 where I played, uh, that night because they, they split it up and had the first round of the top 32 right after the the Swiss and then played the the rest of the top 16 on up the next morning. Uh, played against uh, Jens uh, Eriksson, I believe it is, uh, who some folks may know from winning Netrunner Worlds last year. Or uh, I'd commented to some people when I saw his name when he won that. I was like, man, that name seems so familiar. And so I got to chat with him for a little bit, and I found out for sure why, yes, he was indeed on the Magic Pro Tour for a while. So, oh, nice. I yeah, that. that was, that was why, why it rang a bell. I think he said it was in the late 2000s, mid to late, like 6 through 9 or something like that. Um, so I was like, ah, that was when I was actually paying more attention. Now I know. Um, and that that game, I think, was kind of a comedy of errors on my part. He's playing uh, Martell, no agenda. He has this just absurd, absolutely absurd start um, with um, all three of the Lost Spearmen and like two or three of the Martell uh, Meester refugee. Uh, was it refugee? Old Town refugee? Uh, I always forget the name. What? Of the... Uh, Refugee of the Citadel. Refugee of the Citadel. There yes. we go. There we go. Yeah, and he just his board was just absolutely filled, 
And I got to see what his restricted card was. Turned out to be Venomous Blade, which is a real big problem mm. for my deck. Oh, yeah. Well, I bite the bullet. I lose my Preston, uh, but I, I at least, you know, got the draw off of him that turn and everything. But uh, I had everything planned out. He had such a lead. I knew I was going to have to go Valor. Well, a board presence lead, that is. Uh, knew I was going to have to Valor and made just this boneheaded play. I'd sat there and thought about how I wasn't going to make any challenges. The blade was going to be stuck out in the open, and I was going to go ahead with the Valor. And then we got to, you know, he did all his challenges, and then he gave it to me, and I made a challenge for no good reason. None at all. Let him put it back into shadows. And then it was just a mess from there on out. I... I Write out another night uh, at the start of the draw phase so that I could, you know, draw a card. Um, and it was, um, what's his name, that discards a card from your opponent's hand? If they have four or more. Uh, oh, yes, or Balin Swan. Yeah. Or, yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, you know, I'll get a little, little of my tempo back and whatnot. Uh, he's one card that he puts into play is the Dark Star. Uh, so now, now I don't have the lead on knights, and I just gave him four gold and a character. Uh, it was, it was just a mess. Just a mess. But, uh, and here, here's the part I admittedly feel a little awkward about, uh, but (laughs) it was gonna come out somewhere, some way, so I'm, I'm certainly not trying to hide it by any means. Uh, Jens did go ahead and concede the game to me. Uh, right at the end, because if he continued on to play out uh, the rest of Thrones top 16, he could not play Netrunner the next day. Uh, and being the defending Netrunner champion, he wanted to uh, to keep that as his priority. So by the by the skin of my teeth, I went on to 16. Uh, and play this amazing epic game against uh, Tim Sherm, who was playing Dragon Pit. Uh, just a really, really even game. A lot of back and forth. Uh, uh, it, if I was going to get knocked out, it was, it was definitely the type of game to get knocked out on instead of uh, just a blowout. So uh, prop, props to Tim for that, because uh, it, it was a good one. Yep. I mean, you had a good run, man. Yeah. That, that that little thing, I mean, it's a little weird, but, uh, I mean, he didn't want to keep going anyways, and, uh, you know, it yeah. happens, so. Yeah, and, you know, I'm sure folks are going to bring it up. I mean, I can totally understand uh, why, he, why he did it. Some folks mentioned, you know, well, why didn't he draw before the cut, uh, like Corey did, let somebody else in, and, you know, I, I see arguments both ways. That's nice to somebody. Sure. Uh, yeah. But, you know, he's obviously a real competitor, uh, judging by the, the things that he's done so far. And, you know, I, I can't begrudge him either on the other side for just wanting to go ahead and keep playing just to see, you know, how far he could make it and go, go as long as he could realistically afford to. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, that's really it. I mean, you did the, you did the best out of all of us. Pretty much. I mean, you. Well, you and uh, Aaron made the cut. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron did. <laughs> Aaron did. I think he got knocked out first round, but uh, 
I would need him to confirm or deny that. Uh, he, I had a lot going on at the time, so he he was running a Stark Siege deck as well. His was pretty different from mine. I mean, obviously, uh, whenever you follow a similar archetype, you're going to have a lot of the same cards, but his was was definitely different from mine. But it, it just proves that it, it works, and it works really well. The thing that breaks my heart about Stark Siege is that it has been around forever and a day. <laughs> I wish I would have been playing it a, few, a couple years ago, for sure. Uh, I think I would have would have uh, saved myself a few O2 drops. <laughs> <laughs> but whatever. Say la vie. So, yeah. I guess just overall, good event. Meta seemed... Uh, Pretty reasonable all around, and uh, just feel like uh, there were any big surprises in that, or it just, you know, was just about as even as everybody had felt oddly going in. Yeah, I've, the meta is in a nice place. I, I, I really think that. I mean, obviously, there are some things that we'd like to see go, and maybe some things we'd like to see boosted, but I mean... Out of playing this game for the past five years, the diversity in decks is it is refreshing, and it's it's more wide open. Honestly, I didn't have to bring Siege today. I mean, I definitely could have been uh, landing no agenda, landing power behind the throne. Uh, Greyjoy has a couple of builds that I still really like, uh, whether it be uh, e- even Old Way. I think I, it's definitely fallen off, but I still think it's it's plenty viable. House of Dreams LIV2 apparently is is good. <laughs> um, Choke, I think, is decent. A vice deck there. And, and uh, the main, you know, some of that is a little bit uh, not depressing. That's not the word I want to use. Disappointing. In that we have had a couple, you know, like three agendas come out that really nobody's playing, which is Song of Fire, Song of Ice. And uh, defiance. Yeah, yeah, I, I would be interested to see a full breakdown out of all the players, um, if anybody did those or how many did. Which I'm, I'm sure stats are going to be coming along before too long. So I, I look yep. forward to seeing. So would have liked to see some of that, but I completely understand why not. <laughs> but. There's definitely builds out of every house right now. I would say at least two builds out of every house right now that can definitely compete and get up there. But, yep, Lannister took it again. I'm not surprised. There's, like, Harry the Riverlands, like, fuck that card. (laughs) (laughs) Props and slops? Dude. Props and or slops. You got some some pop culture-y stuff, or you have any other random uh, props you and slops, less game re- or less Thrones related from Worlds, rather? Or you know, I've got a little bit of everything right now. All right. Uh, first, I'll start with a prop. I've recently, finally, started watching Parks and Rec. Oh, nice! Yeah, great show. Ron Swanson. I is know. Amazing. Bring me all of your Dude, eggs. Exactly. I was just. I know what that. you're thinking. Yes, you think I mean a lot. <laughs> no. 
all. Freaking me all. I was just, I, I made Robin just watch that one part because I was sitting there, we were sitting in the living room, and I just started laughing. Because I'm just thinking about it. I Throughout know, my right? entire day, like, at work, I thought about that exact scene. <laughs> and it it's, just kept making me laugh. Like, if you want to get through a tough day at work, you just think of that scene with Ron Swanson. It was so perfect. And, like, Rob Lowe is just so amazing in that show. Uh, the whole cast is just so good. Okay. And I know, the show's been out since 2009. And I'm just now getting in there. But yeah, that show... Okay. I need to catch up. I think I've only seen like the first three seasons, maybe. Something yeah, like that. Little, yeah, like All of whatever was on three. Netflix at the time. But now there's been like, you know, yeah. three more seasons since then. Oh, I've not yeah. watched. <laughs> but that part... <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I said to bring a lot of bacon and eggs. Bring me all of your bacon and eggs. <laughs> Damn it. Yes, uh, watch that. So watch great. Parks and Rec if you haven't. I can seriously vouch for the show. It is money. You know, speaking of that, and to go even further down the rabbit hole, uh, Daryl, have you ever looked at the website Cats That Look Like Ron Swanson? <laughs> no. You should. No, I have not. It's, it's pretty glorious. <laughs> I'm absolutely going to look that up. Count on it. But, uh, let's see, what else is up on the, the pop culture front? Finally finished season two of Arrow, so uh, that was good. I, guess, I still uh, need to finish season one, shit. Oh, wow, falling behind, man. I know, I'm way behind. Good stuff. Need to watch that, Constantine, The Flash. Ooh, yeah, I think Gotham. I haven't seen any of, Constantine. any of those. So. You know, Gotham, uh, the jury's still kind of out on. I really love the aesthetic, and I like several of the characters. Uh, but some stuff's kind of over the top still. I mean, Jada Pinkett Smith is insane. And it, I really mean her character. I, I, I just think, I actually think it's just her acting is overboard. Uh, oh, yeah. Even I'll for this thing. But I'm going to I'm gonna stick with it and see how it goes. It may just kind of be off to a rocky start like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has gotten fantastic this uh, this season. So Nice. I still haven't seen that either. All right, well, did you have a prop in there? Is that what you propped? Uh, I don't know if it was really a prop, but I definitely <laughs> oh, do have yeah. a, a prop. Okay, we'll go I, ahead. I purchased, uh, thanks to friend of the show, Paul Yonicelli, which extremely long-time listeners may recognize uh, as a former voice on the show from time to time. Wait, Paul still listens to this show? No, no, no. But, oh, okay. but I'm sure he's still friend of the show. No, oh, of course. It's always a friend of the show. Yeah. But uh, but thanks to him, because he works at uh, Books a Million, I was able to pick up a signed copy of The Slow Regard of Silent Things by Pat Rothfuss. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you lucky goose. I didn't even... Damn it. Yeah. I, I just happened to wander into Books a Million back in Joplin over the weekend. I, w- I was in town for a birthday party uh, for uh, a friend's one-year-old... And so I wandered over there, bumped into him, and he was like, hey, I've been hiding this uh, this signed copy if you're interested. And so I couldn't nice. exist. Yeah. So then I sat down and, and read it last night, uh, and it was good. It was really good. Uh, it For anybody that hasn't read it yet, take the warning and like from people you know and voices on the Internet and the authors forward. 
it's not your your normal story. It's missing a lot of the stuff you would expect in a normal story. So uh, so be prepared. <clears throat> it is very very different. Uh, but I don't know. I I I really really enjoyed it. Um, as I don't know, as he mentions in in his kind of afterward or whatever, it's kind of uh, his little little nod to to broken people, so to speak, and mm. it was really good. It was good in a very sad, touching way. I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Um, I have something that I don't know is a prop or a slop. Oh. Uh, I've recently started purchasing books off of Playbooks, you know, Google Playbooks. Oh, really? They have a lot on there for free. Yeah. And hey, yeah, like classic free. Probably? Why don't you re? I need to work on that. Uh, I know you know it's not a classic. It's kind of weird. It's something I I just started reading something that I don't know what the hell I'm reading it for. Is is actually a situation that I'm in right now. Huh? I am. Yeah, I know, right? I'm reading a book called what the what the hell is it? I don't I don't even know what made me want to do that. I was just like, oh, play books. It's free. Why not? What's the name of it? It is called Dead Drop. Hmm. Okay. And it is about it, it's about a by somebody named John F. Mur- who that is. I hope he's he's a very accomplished gentleman, but I have no idea. It's I guess it's about like vampires or huh, something. Okay. Like he's like a a vampire dude who picks up dead drops. I don't I huh. don't know. I still am having trouble. I'll figure out what the hell's going on. But apparently he went to an academy called a Fixer Academy because he is a fixer. It's not <laughs> a great sign if you're uh, <laughs> still having trouble with that. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And I don't know if it'll be good or bad. But <laughs> so far, I don't know what's happening. So, <laughs> my prop is to play books for keeping things interesting. <laughs> That's good. Get, getting back on your challenge to read, uh, how many books was it you were going to try and read oh by the end of the God. year? It was a lot. You still got a little time. I didn't even think about how many I, I had signed up for. Uh, essentially, it was, I guess, 24? If, you know, I guess that, that would be, because it was supposed to be a book every two weeks, about four weeks in a month, essentially. So, uh, I think I've read six. Okay. <laughs> Something like that. You know, it's re- it's t- so terrible. I just have like I I mean, I literally have been diagnosed with ADD. But how real or not it is is up for debate. I don't obviously take medication for it since the 8th grade, but regardless, I have this thing where I just always have to like I'll be reading a book. Like right now I'm like halfway between like three or four books right now. I don't know why I keep doing this. I'll just be like, eh, I want something else. Uh, I want to do something else. Yeah. Happens with video games, too. Like, what the hell? I, I have a lot of trouble with that, too. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. So there's a good chance these, like, six could turn into, like, 15 before January 1st. <laughs> <laughs> if I could just read the last half of all these books. There's a lot of them. Good Omens... Yeah, the wind. Um, this shit, dead drop. Not not calling it shit. 
because I, I don't know, but you know what I mean. Um, golly, this, you know, James Patterson book, uh, Neuromancer, that's six right there. Jeez, that's a slop to me. Slop to you, Daryl, for being an asshole. Not finishing books. Anyways, you have another proper slop? I know, I've dragged this on way too long. I apologize. No I just had to problem. sit on a soapbox against myself there. Well, I think uh, I I have a prop. I'm going to back up to world stuff. It's just not uh, not Thrones related. And I'm going to throw a prop out to, uh, actually, to FFG, I think, for uh, finally manning up and putting together a Cthulhu draft environment. Uh, I had thought uh, since they debuted it for Thrones and uh, Netrunner that, uh, you know, the Cthulhu resource system being so flexible lent itself perfectly to draft. Absolutely perfect. Yeah. So I had the chance to jump in. Probably on the world's largest Cthulhu draft, uh, certainly at the time, possibly ever, uh, with ten, a full ten players. We chose to draft all in a single pod, uh, which meant you would see nothing wheel that is uh, to return to you around the table. So that made your choices extremely hard, and it, and it made it very difficult to read signals on what other people were drafting. Uh, but I, I feel like I drafted a really good uh, Syndicate uh, Shub deck, because for anyone that is up on the cards in the least, my uh, my very first pick out of my first pack was a Shocking Transformation. So it uh, seemed like a real good direction to head with the deck. Um, yeah. So yeah, we just, we just played a double elimination. Uh, I think at the end it was me and uh, Tom Kapoor, and uh, Dan Ock left, uh, but I had already beaten Dan once, uh, and I think we just kind of had to call it for time. So I think officially I got second uh, to Tom's first, but I still, if we w- if we were going to play it out, needed uh, at the very least to rematch him. So mm. yeah, that was fun. Uh, I was drafting Shove in that as well, and I did really bad. So zero and four all time in uh, Call of Cthulhu tournament play. Unless you count that by win, then I think I'm one in three. <laughs> there so, you go. Or something like that. Or maybe one in four still. Uh, ready for me to crush your dream, dreams here? Tom Kapoor pronounces his last name Caper. Really? Yep. Did not hear that. Thank goodness you yep. never listened to this show. Uh... Because we mispronounce that. Actually, you know, for a dude I, uh, whose main game is not Thrones, we bring him up an awful lot. Yeah, I mean, we talked to him. But I, he I did play to Thrones lot, this so. year. For anybody, uh, he did that. I think he finished three four or four three. I, I don't I remember. Think he for went sure four now. three actually. Okay. Uh, and he was running. It was Greyjoy two Mart, uh, not Martell Targaryen. Right. Greyjoy conquest Targaryen. Yep. Yep, he, he had a nice little around. infinite yeah. loop. Yeah. Well, it would have been infinite before the 3X rule, anyway. Yeah. The, the horsey. Awesome. So the Dothraki, what is that called? The Something. stallion. Stallion, whatever. Yeah, but I was thinking of the name they use for it. Maybe they do use stallion. I think so. Uh, plus, uh, what's his nuts? Jockin yep. with a uh, Rise the Kraken. 
what he's using. Or Assault of the Kraken, rather. So he would kind of just loop around with that and then play with Aegon's favor to help him get there. And it was neat. Yep. I was impressed. I giggled quite a bit when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, why haven't I thought oh, yeah. of that? You, you rushed over to show it to me, I remember. Yeah, I did, and you got pissed. You were like, damn it, because you forgot to do something. I was like, okay. Oh, yeah, I screwed up something in that game. I think I still wound up winning it. <laughs> Uh, but I, yeah, I missed something I meant to trigger. Uh, but it was fine because that combo was still pretty, pretty darn sick. So, barring that anyone is still listening at this point, hopefully, I don't know, maybe we'll trim some fat from, from me talking earlier. But barring that anyone is still listening, we, there's something I've been wanting to do for a while, and hopefully we're gonna put in the woodwork here while Thrones is kind of on, a you know a hiatus from organized play, if you will, while there's a downtime, and that is get players from other games on the show and, and talk to them a little bit about you know, their approach to card games, and if they happen to play Thrones, talk to them a little bit about that. So we, we bring out Tom, and uh, we we got his content like that would be cool. Text information. Hopefully, we'll we'll be able to fit him on the show here. Yeah, yeah. he seemed pretty stoked about it actually, which was awesome. And he did say, though he pronounced the caper, it should be pronounced Kapoor. <laughs> exactly. So, Yom Kapoor, Tom Kapoor. Still rhymes. All right, well, I'm fresh out of props and slops, I think, just because I've been doing this for like half an hour. Do you have anything else? <laughs> oh, yeah. Actually, I do have one extra little bit. And that is going to be a little bit of a shout-out to the, the New York meta They've got their uh, their tournament coming up soon here, the annual uh, November, formerly Black Friday. Now I think it's been moved to Red Saturday to make uh, attendance a little easier for more folks. Uh, so be on the lookout for it. Uh, let's see, that would make it, what, the, the 29th now, uh, I suppose. So it's a big deal. Uh, they've been doing this for quite a few years, so it's pretty well established. So uh, if you want to go hang out with some cool people and uh, play in a, in a great event, go check it out. That covers me pretty well. Uh, hits a lot of the, the right notes and leaves us uh, ready to roll for next week. All right. Still, seriously, while Thrones is in on a down downtime, we we always love ideas for the show, and any feedback you have is always great. So email us at twochampsonechomp at gmail dot com. Follow us on Twitter at twochampsonechomp. Like the Facebook page; we have five hundred and eighty-four likes. We are so close to six hundred likes. Maybe we should, like, give out 600 T-shirts or something for 600 likes. Yeah. Uh, that'd be pretty sweet. I don't, I don't know how many t-shirts, T-shirts we could give out, but uh, uh, hitting that 600 mark would be pretty awesome. Just a T-shirt that has the number 600 on it. That, that's, that will be the prize. <laughs> so, also, uh, if you're wanting to, you can always hit us up in the Danger Zone!
topics real quick. I just cracked open the new Valor Morgulis beer, the double ale from Omegong. Oh my goodness, um, that stuff is glorious, isn't it? Like it, it's got a, a really hoppy like bite. Is the phrase I will use? It was like the the beer like bites back at you. It's, which is it's got a burn to it, so to speak. Um, I mean, it is a double, and and all these beers tend to be pretty true to style while being having a twist to them. But I uh, I enjoy it. A little higher IBU than I tend to casually drink, but one bottle of it isn't going to hurt me. Um, very. If you're, you know, uh, some of these have been hit and miss. I did not like Fire and Blood, but... Didn't uh, get the chance to try it. It was okay. Um, Take the Black Stout was phenomenal. But go pick it up. Super good. They just announced the next one, and it's... uh, I know it's called the Three-Eyed Raven or Three-Eyed Crow, but I don't remember what the style is. I think it's like a black IPA. I remember it being like a traditionally lighter style that they've turned dark. Um... But I cannot remember for the life of me what it is. But anywho, um, this is your random beer review in the middle of our podcast. Hey, hey, it is Thrones-related, and it turns out a lot of the Thrones community enjoys beer. 